to act like this is like something I'm just I'm, Jay, you can say whatever you want. I won't, I won't agree quick, with you, but here's my last thing. And then Jay, it's, it is, I think the big reason that they give the Jay, can you stop doing the Stephen A. Smith pose? I don't like this. <laughs> Anyway, waiting my turn. I'm just, waiting my turn. <laughs> I'm just licking my chops. I'm, I'm waiting my turn. We're getting this in the wax. This is, uh, this could be a perfect, perfect segue right into the beginning of my question. Wow. There's a little teaser, but uh, right now, folks, as we record, 1.7 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Cleveland's up 95-93 on the Knicks. The Knicks are inbounding. What's your guys' predictions? What we got going on? Before it happens, what do we think is going to happen? Who's who's down? The Knicks are down two with 1.7 seconds left. They got the ball on their side of the half court. I'm going Knicks. Knicks are going to walk this off with a three-pointer. Inbound to Randall. Randall hawks it and absolutely nowhere near it. <laughs> that would have been amazing if you hit it. I he straight up he like much like uh <laughs> Jade our uh, his father, uh just took the ball back and threw it. Our dad likes to catapult the basketball when he shoots it. That's what Julius Randall did for that game winning shot, and he did not make it. My dad uh, is 69 years old, so he doesn't <clears throat> lace him up on the hardwood much anymore, um, at, or at all, really. Um, but the guy had an elite mid-range jumper back in the day. Nice. That's where I got. That's where I learned how to shoot the ball from. Our father was quick and hustled. Yep. And played tough defense. Yep. And scrappy. Every once in a while, scrappy. Every once in a while, hit a layup. Yeah, <laughs> very Every often. So though, often. very often for years would go way too fast and then throw the ball very that hard was the off best. the backboard. Watching if Dad was ever on a fast break, it was a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah, you know what? I take that back. It was a thirty-seventy chance that he was gonna like make it. I mean, it was. It, I mean, he just to Nikki's point, he was like, he was like, uh, oh my god. Benny the Jet Rodriguez, I forget what his name actually was in Mighty Ducks. Yeah, that's racist, he was, dude. He was it was the same character. I just don't remember his name in fucking. No, Mighty I Ducks. meant I meant comparing your comparing your dad who's Hispanic to another Hispanic right, character. Right. I need to know better. I, I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. But it was like it's like a dude, dude in Mighty Ducks like could not stop. That's how my dad was going to the basket. Like it's just like well yeah. he's going too fast, and it's just like and it wasn't like he would like try to finger roll it and like he would just like get it short. Like he would throw it off the backboard. I mean it was it was absurd. How hard time, on a layup every on a time. Layup. He would either very loudly go, ah, or to himself, hope, hoping no one heard it, but just loud enough because I heard it. He would go, fuck. <laughs> he would just keep running. Uh, there's a lot of that, dude. Get uh, back watching, on defense. Watching dad play. You know who so- he was? He was Patrick uh, Beverly. 13 oh, steals, 0 for 18 from the field. He was he was so fun to watch. My dad is just like such a likable guy that they never had the heart to tell him that he sucked and they didn't want him playing with them anymore. <laughs> I, it was just so bad. I've met your dad twice, and he is. I will I will absolutely back up the fact that he is like an extremely likable person. He just is. He's got that. He's got the gift. He's got the gift. Yeah. I got a little bit of it. Not I don't a lot. Know if I have any of it. You have some of it. I think you I got a little bit. bit. I think you guys are both. I think you guys are both. You you guys are both a little credit. You guys are both likable. I said this the other day on the phone with some of the guys on my team. I was like, look, I know who I am. I'm cilantro. Some people love me. Some people think I taste like soap. It is what it is. I accepted that. (laughs) I would say that I feel like I'm more like that. I think you're a little more affable. 
I'm very abrasive. Like people, you either really like me or you really don't. And there's not a whole lot of middle ground. And I'm fine with that. That's true. Mm. I like ranch. I go good on everything. Mm. Bam. They call you ranch because you be dressing. (laughs) (laughs) We should start Uh, over. This has clearly gotten off the rails already. Uh, I got a quick little factoid about a pro sports player, not an NBA player. I was gonna say that's Nikki's. Um, I was closing out of my tabs, and uh, I, I frequently go down Wikipedia rabbit holes. The other day, I read the entire history of the steam engine, um, which oh, was cool. fascinating to me. Um, Sexy. This one, however, um, I had not. I had yet to. I had yet to read. Um, but I somehow got to Priest Holmes, former NFL running back. You may recall oh, him. Yes, of course. Yeah, University I got to Texas. his his uh, his uh, Wikipedia page here. And um, <clears throat> during his early life, when he was 13, Holmes spent a summer in Detroit, Michigan, working for his grandfather's lawn care service. Working with much older men for 12 hours a day, six days a week, Holmes learned the work ethic that later shaped him as a football player. Why is that in here? <laughs> My guess is he wrote that. Yeah, I, I, you, you can always tell when something was written by like the person's like publicist or, or team, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's very yeah. obvious, and that is one that you're just like, oh, hmm. okay. Hmm. <laughs> he thought to himself, you know what? I have to, this is, you know, yes, it could be, uh, you know, uh, just a biography of me, but it also can be autobiographical. Uh, Ooh, couldn't get that word out. Boom, crushing it so early in this pod. <laughs> Fucking killing it. Hey, I'll have you guys know that uh, my brother texted me over the weekend. He w- He had gone back to Iowa to my parents' house, and when he was driving back home to Madison, uh, listen to the podcast and he said our episode last week was one of the funniest we've ever done oh, and I thought last week nice. we went completely off the rails I was gonna so. say it's mostly because we talked like no basketball we just talked a lot about like oh yeah just Taco Bell and oof yeah oof. well great good stuff I mean I think this is a bit uh, like a wonderful time to point out like welcome to NBA the podcast that tries to talk about NBA <sighs> shit but mostly we just talk shit like Taco Bell or uh, you know Everything else we've been talking about recently, I was I was still kind of hoping that whole time that the Knicks would have hit that game winner. That would have been a cool one. Um, you know, our father's not good at basketball. Tad's Tad's dad's a, a monster of the mid range. You know, congrats on that, Tad's dad. Um, Poppy, I love you. You're good at baseball. Um, I'm your host, Nikki Keelas, aka Tyson Chandler Bing. Uh, I was going to try to make a Friends reference, but I don't really know Friends that well. Okay, I don't know. Should <laughs> this podcast yeah, be really any more off the rails? Oh, uh, sure. Thanks, Ted. I watch I a lot know. of Friends. I I'm, I am. Cool. I am. Look, I'm. It's the whitest show ever, and I'm white. So yeah. I mean, that's just. You know. I understand. You're you're just shy of their demographic. They typically are geared towards women, uh, and definitely white women. But uh, but you're right there, buddy. You're right there. Yeah. You did it. It's close to it. Good on uh, you. <laughs> the one who said white woman is my brother from the same mother, Jay. Uh, it's me, Jay, a.k.a. Joel M. Night Shama. Fuck. I thought there was something there. I was just going for it. I was going for it. M. Light Shama Bead. Nailed it. Why would you say Joel M. Bead Night Shyamalan? Fuck. That it's still is... not, that's better. That's better. Damn it. I'll edit edit this out. Joel M. Bead Night Shyamalan. There you go. Way to go. Have you seen Old? 
No, of course not. I don't I watch mean, any of those fucking movies anymore. All his movies are trash after fucking Signs. There are, I someone said someone said re- recently they were like they're all Twilight Zone episodes. And I was like, no, that is what it is. Just an episode of Twilight Zone that's that a studio paid for. Good yeah, kind and of it's studio. Way too long. Yeah, <laughs> it's way too long. Yeah, yeah, way too long version. That is true. And our friends loving brethren with less yeah. melanin is yeah. dead. Hey guys, it's Tad, uh, aka Stephen Curry, who is a, an accountant and has a respectable 401k and drives a Toyota Prius to minimize that carbon footprint. <laughs> I like it. He seems very nice. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Stephen Curry, I was watching the Knicks game right before right as we started here because there was a chance that it was going to be a game winner uh, because it's time. For the Nick Heels Run Stack Quiz. I probably could have done, continued doing that, but I was like, yep. you got to wrap that up, buddy. Yep. Yep. So uh, that's an applause to me for realizing to wrap that up. <clears throat> Steph Curry, this past weekend, hit his first career, NBA career, game-winning shot. Yeah, it was interesting. He said he was so happy that it finally happened to him. Uh, but can you tell me who holds the record for most game-winning buzzer beaters in NBA history? Ooh. I'm fun. actually pretty confident I know this one. Okay. And hey, I feel like it's an obvious status? answer, but I'm going to go with the Jordan. Give me Kobe. Okay. In second place, it's Kobe Bryant with eight. And in first place, it is Michael Jordan with nine. This question is less fun than I thought it was. Yeah, I, 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 I remember seeing something about that, uh, like not that, not that long ago. Um, here's some fun facts. Third place is uh, the here's here's the entire list. It's um, first place is Michael Jordan, tied for second place, Kobe Bryant and Joe Johnson. You know what? I feel like I knew that. I saw cool. Joe did his thing. Tied, tied for fourth place technically. LeBron James and Paul Pierce with seven. Uh, Paul then, Pierce having seven is wild to me. I mean, kind like, of. I feel like he always had the ball in those moments, though. He did, but I, it's just I don't know. It's Paul and Pierce then, is a guy who had a really good NBA career who like will be forgotten. Like he he's going to be one of those guys who somebody mentions ten years from now, and you're like, oh god, yeah, Paul Pierce. Well, also, he's also one of those guys that hurt himself post career because he's a fucking asshat. Uh, also, really quick, so there are five guys who are tied. For I guess what would technically be sixth place, with five game-winning buzzer beaters, and I'm gonna say this: this is a perfect starting five that I think would actually work in today's NBA if they're all like in their prime. Gilbert Arenas, Dwayne Wade, Vince Carter, Andre Iguodala, and Kevin Garnett. Okay, you got me with the Kevin Garnett. That first Have you guys ever seen that 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 bit where like all tied Ma- with five? Max Kellerman basically said like fate of the world on the line. He wants Andre Iguodala taking the <laughs> shot like to save humanity. I guess it's not the craziest thing now that we've heard these stats, but uh, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, out of every NBA player, yes, to take one shot, he I picked Andre Iguodala. I heard you. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, Ray yeah. Allen. Not Steph Curry. Not Kobe. Yeah. Not Michael Jordan. Not him either. Not Carmelo. Nope. Not LeBron. Nah. Not Kevin Durant. Nope. Andre Iguodala. (laughs) 
So Max Kellerman, stick to rapping and boxing, dude. <laughs> there you go. Here's some fun facts really quick about uh the top uh like for the whole buzzer beating things. Actually LeBron James has the most uh buzzer beaters in the playoffs with five most of all time. Seven to fifteen on go ahead shots in the last five seconds of the playoffs for LeBron James. And also for the most game winning shots, it's not last second, but like you hit the one that was the final shot that put you up and then it was over. Kobe Bryant with a total of twenty six game winning shots. Those are like a little interesting a Twenty six game winning shots like attempted? No, made. Like not no. even like not buzzer beating. Not but, but like, like go ahead baskets. Hit, okay. He hit the final go ahead basket and the game, it's it's over. Like within like the final sort of seconds. Wait, how many I didn't I didn't ask. How many does Michael Jordan have in his career? Like buzzer beaters? Nine. Nine okay. career. Nine total. Right. I'm trying to continue to remain excited about that, even though it's such a low number, but it makes sense. Well, I mean, it's it's a hard thing to do. It's, you gotta, literally the last possible second, you got to throw that thing in the air. It, 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 is, it is weirdly low. Like That's the thing, though. Like Jordan only having, what did you say, nine? Eight? Nine. 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 Like that is, second is <clears throat> That feels weirdly low to me. But it makes sense, yeah. right? You think about like the even like the the few opportunities that you even have to take that shot, then like the percentage chance of you actually making it, like it makes sense. Which now means technically DeMar DeRozan is in the probably the top ten just because he hit those two days. Oh, that's in a good a call. Row. I didn't even think about that. Two that days in a like, row. He put that shot he him up the him. list. So he just skyrocketed up that list. Yeah. And that happened. Some some dude who played in the seventies is like, nobody's gonna beat this shit. And I was saying he's like, same day, same night? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fucking insane. That was uh, a wild one. And I'm I'm glad that I made that realization about the Bulls because it's time to talk about the Bulls uh just for a little bit. Let's go ahead and get our, our thinking, speaking hats on our, our as we talk about the fact the Chicago Bulls have been a little bit of a skid lately. They've lost seven of the last nine. Uh, and also have been plagued with injuries. Green was down. Uh, Caruso was down. Caruso came back. Caruso was down again. We'll get to that in a second here. Zach Levine went down. Lonzo Ball is out six to eight weeks, I believe it was. Uh, and I think that was a week ago. So at this point, no, it was a little less than a week ago. But still. They've had quite a lot of injuries, and they have been playing quite poorly, getting their ass whooped. So, most recently, getting their ass whooped by the Orlando Magic. And Jalen Suggs uh, trucked DeMar DeRozan as he uh, slam-dunked the ball. And absolutely, like, I thought DeMar, like, bounced off of him, like, in uh, Flubber. You know, when people hit the people, and they just bounced <laughs> it off. Did, it did have That's a very, like, flubber like, like, I was yeah, just, right. I was watching the game very casually because it was quite depressing to see them getting their ass whipped by the by the magic, uh, and to yet again watch a Bulls, a former Bulls player, play exactly how we uh, were asking them to play when they were on the Bulls. Wendell Carter this time, very often Laurie Markkinen. Uh, they come to play when they play against the Bulls, but uh, not when they played for the Bulls uh, and. You're gonna ask what Jalen Suggs. I when you watch the replay, I will say he puts his arm out just a little bit, but it was just such a nasty dunk. So I won't say shit other than that. Uh, Demar Derozan literally flew away from him, and I jumped out of my seat. 
and it took me everything in my like in me to not scream as loud as I could because I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" Um, let's talk a little bit about the Bulls skid. What are we thinking, guys? Are going on right now? They're beating the Thunder, but they're killing the Thunder. This is a good yeah, opportunity yeah, yeah. for a get right game right now. Yes, yeah. and I'm yeah, happy I mean, to see it with all the bad things that have happened over the last couple of weeks. Because like the the truth is like. After the win streak snapped against the Mavericks, we won. I forget who we played, but we won. And then we went on a four-game skid where we lost to the Nets, the Warriors. We lost to the Celtics. And I think we lost to – I forget the fourth team we lost to. But we lost four games in a row. And during that period of time, we lost Zach Levine and we lost Lonzo. Uh, and then, of course, recently against the Bucks, losing Alex Caruso. One silver lining is Zach Levine and Javante Green both came back tonight, which is great, which actually explains why we're winning, uh, because the team has definitely dwindled down to nothing over the last couple weeks. I will say, with all that being said, the defense has gotten like unbelievably worse. Like Since Caruso went down, it was getting progressively worse. Then when Lonzo went down, it took a dive, like a massive, massive dive. Vooch has been playing like shit. The one like shot... like. I guess shiny like thing to look forward to in the current like iteration of the Bulls is Io and Kobe White have been playing so well. They've been playing so so well. Uh, even though Kobe had a real stinker the other night, he had been gone. He'd been going on a bit of a streak there during the win streak and even during the losing streak, where it's just like okay, well, there's there's something to look forward to as we like proceed, whether we keep these guys or whether we trade them. Like, um, it's a. I'm glad I guess that it's happening this early in the season that we're going through the skid, but we are effectively like our two best defenders are going to be out for at least, at least a month and a half. That's alarming and concerning. This could get a lot worse. Yeah. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. My bulls of the six seed is projection projection. Excuse me. It's looking pretty good right now. Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. This team is still good. They're still competitive. They're not going to fall out of the race. You're going to get your guys back and healthy at a good time, round out the season, go into the playoffs hot. It should, by all accounts, still be okay. Um, look, they played the Bucks tight the other night, lost by four. Um, <clears throat> that was missing, obviously, Lonzo, missing um, Zach Levine. Missing Zach Levine. Alex Caruso was clearly playing the back half of that game with a fractured wrist. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to be fine, but you are right. The defense, the lack of defensive intensity has been very alarming. And that's really attributed to Lonzo and Alex Caruso not playing because Caruso has been the defensive spark for this team. He is a high energy guy. Lonzo is also a good defender. And they were playing really good, strong, tough defense. Early on throughout most of the season, that's why they were in first place. And now they've hit a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, it really started, I think, with that that blowout loss to the Nets. Um, and it's just kind of, I mean, that. here's the thing. They got blown out by the Nets. Two days later, they turned around, they got blown out by the Warriors. And you're so kind of like, you're like, okay, well, the Nets, sure. Um, the Warriors, it's, you know, you're coming, it's two days off of that, that ass kicking. And for whatever reason, over the past five years or so, I mean, probably longer, um, the Warriors have just absolutely had the Bulls number. And look, yes, the Warriors have had some great teams over the past five or so years, but they've had their number to the tune of like just several repeated ass kickings. I think they're over the last 10 against the Warriors. 
and and it, they, they, they haven't been close. Like it, it has, they haven't even been like real competitive games for the most part in that. So you you don't really worry about that. When I started to worry was when they lost to the Celtics uh, in a close game that came down to the wire. Then they got smacked by the Grizzlies. They turn around. They seem to right the ship against the Cavs, who by all accounts have been very good this season. And then the, then you play a competitive game against the Bucks. Losing to the Magic is concerning. Not good. That Magic team is very, very, very bad. And that just shouldn't be happening. But here's tonight's a good opportunity. By all accounts, you should kill the Thunder. The Thunder are unquestionably the worst team in the NBA. So, got a nice little get-right game on the road against the Thunder tonight. And then you go home against the Raptors, who are fine. They're nothing really to write home about. They're so you got, Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They're fine. But you've got some opportunities here because you've got the Raptors coming up at home. Then you go to San Antonio, who the Spurs have struggled all season. The Spurs are also a competitive team. They're not an easy, like, guaranteed out by any means. But, you know, you've got that game. And then you've got the Trailblazers after that at home. So they've got a manageable stretch right here. It's really coming down to like, what are they going to do with it? Because they follow that up with the with the not the Raptors, the Bulls, or Jesus, the Magic at home after that. So you have a you have a a, a manageable slate of games coming up right now. It really comes down to like, how do you handle that? How do they respond to the adversity? Getting Levine back is huge. It'll give them some opportunities to like, like get him and, and Demar basically fifty points a night, uh, and then hope the rest of the team and the role players step up until you know Caruso and, and Lonzo can come back. Um, the season's not over. It's going to be okay. Um, I still think the Bulls have everything they need to make a deep run in the postseason. And really, like Jay said, maybe you get healthy and everything kind of aligns at the right time. You get hot going into the playoffs. And who knows what happens from there? Yeah, I like that. I'm just, I'm, I like what we're saying here a lot. I, I do feel like uh, I'm happy that Green's back because clearly that's someone who's playing very well defensively and Io has been playing great uh, today. Currently, I think he's leading the team. Yeah, he's got 21 points leading the team. Nine and nine from from the field right now. Zach Levine's got 18 so far. So like they're playing very well today. I wasn't playing great defense, but without Caruso and Lonzo, it's a little scary because sometimes these guys are fucking lazy. Like it, you just see plays and it's just you're just like lazy as hell when you're watching the game. I don't know. Hopefully something comes back. Uh, but somebody who wasn't lazy in, especially in the one, no, two games we get to watch him come back, Alex Caruso. Uh, but unfortunately, thanks to a flagrant two from Grayson Allen, he has a fractured wrist and will be out six to eight weeks. Joining Lonzo Ball on the injured, uh, an injury list. Um, I'm very upset. And what was he suspended? One game. Do we think that is enough? Tad, what do you think? This isn't going to be popular, but I don't think he should be suspended at all. Like this, wow. historically, people don't get suspended for this stuff. But suddenly, everybody com- everybody acted like Grayson Allen pulled out a gun from his shorts and shot Alex Caruso on national television. I'm sorry, this shit happens all the time. I, I'm not condoning what Grayson Allen did, but Jesus Christ, when did we get so fucking soft? Like that, come the fuck on. Amari Stoudemire got a fucking game suspension for when he almost murdered Andrew Bogut on the court, and we're gonna give Grayson Allen the same suspension for for that? I didn't even think that was. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought after looking at it multiple times, like yeah, I can see where you call it a flagrant too, and I think the guy's reputation precedes him because he is by all accounts a dirty player and kind of a scumbag. 
but this feels like an overreaction and feels like the league just bending to a ton of outcry that apparently was all over social media. And uh, like I said, everybody's acting like Grayson Allen, like fucking ate Alex Caruso's firstborn child on the court and well, not I like think- he fouled him hard while going to the basket. Not that to be biblical, Jay. You can come in a second, but legitimately, the NBA's white devil took down the NBA's white Jesus. Like, come on now, everyone's gonna be pissed about that, Jay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Got some more. I I, I don't disagree that it was a scumbag play. It, 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 that's fine. But I, a one game suspension to act like this is like something. I'm just. Jay, you can say whatever you want. I won't, I won't agree quick, with you. But here's my last thing, then Jay. It's it is. I think the big reason that they give the Jay. Can you stop doing the Stephen A. Smith pose? I don't like this. <laughs> I'm just waiting my turn. I'm just. Waiting my turn. <laughs> I'm just licking my chops. I'm I'm waiting my turn. Okay. Anyways, all I was gonna say is it does seem like his reputation is kind of the reason that he gets that one-game suspension and why people are probably calling out for more. Jay, your rant. I'd like to start by saying that we only, only ever talk about Grayson Allen when he's done something dirty. We never, ever, 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 ever talk about Grayson Allen unless he does something like this. There's a reason for that. He has been a dirty player since college. He has always been a dirty player. He's the kind of guy that you love when he's on your team, but also you don't love him that much because you know he's a dirty player. That foul, he already got him with one arm enough. Dude came down hard. It was a dirty fucking foul. It was a dirty foul. And what made it exponentially worse was he showed no remorse whatsoever. The whole week people have been talking about like, oh, well, you know, LeBron got one game when like he had Isaiah Stewart and Jokic got one game when he pushed Markeith Morris. But like, you know, the Markeith Morris thing, like there was something that inside of that previously with the LeBron James thing. He immediately was like, shit, sorry. Like this shit happens. Now, whether or not that was authentic, it is what it is. Fucking fake the funk for the cameras. Grayson Allen had a smug look on his face. And then the Milwaukee Bucks, in quite possibly the worst social media decision that any organization has ever made, the following morning, post of, skip him. What are you doing? As if that wasn't a pre-scheduled tweet. I'm sure it was, but you can unschedule it. You can easily unschedule it. Yeah, do you think anybody pays attention to that? You think their social media manager's like, hmm, I wonder if I scheduled a Grayson Allen eating a yes. donut picture for tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. It was in poor taste. The dude is dirty. I think that, look, if you look at the suspensions of things like this throughout the, this season and the last couple seasons, one game is kind of par for the course. So it is what it is. With a guy like this, like, he's a repeat offender. I Look, one game is probably fine. It is what it is. I'm not going to say, you know, some people, Mark Stein tweeted that he thought it should have been three games. You know, other people had different opinions. I, I also I'm good. I'm fine with one game. I'm fine with one game. But this dude is a repeat offender. Like, you have to suspend him. You know, you have to. I'd like to offer this um, in response to you. Like, the only time we talk about Grayson Allen is when he, is when he does something dirty. But, like, okay. When do we talk about Markeith Morris? When do we talk about Isaiah Craig? When do we talk about Pat Connaughton? When do we talk about... When do we talk about fucking Nurkic? Like, there, there's a lot of guys in this league that we don't ever fucking talk about. And I don't disagree with you that we talk about Grayson Allen during d- dirty shit a lot. And he does clearly have some sort of, like, 
temperament issues and some issues controlling his emotions and and that sort of thing. And it was, I'm not arguing that it was, yeah, it was a flagrant too. It was a bad, like it was a bad play. It's not a basketball play, whatever. But people are, people are acting like the guy committed murder and like, that's just not what happened. It was a foul in a basketball game. And I'm pissed as a Bulls fan that Caruso is out. I'm upset that that's not good. But and I think that's the other thing that, that that's that's important to call out here is like hard fouls are hard fouls. It is what it is. This this is now leading to this dude having a broken wrist and being out six to eight weeks. Like the severity of the injury absolutely like factors into this whole decision. Totally. I, and as I think sh- that as it should. I think that's fine. I I just think that anybody calling for him to get more than one game is come on. What are we doing? No, I I don't disagree. I think one game is fine. Yeah, but like you got to make I, an I, example of this guy. Excessive. You see, there's people on the internet saying like if a guy has a catastrophic injury like this, like you should be out the same amount of time that he's out. The same amount of like, time as injury. I'm like fucking, yeah, that's a little excessive. Fuck. Markeith Morris has not been on the court since he got pushed, and there were Denver reporters that were saying that he was faking it, like to try to like milk the whole thing. It's just like, dude, like. Duke, Duke got pushed by a seven foot, three hundred pound man. Like, yeah, Duke Nurkic got fucked is up. A big like, man. bad, bad. The the reason that I brought up the Amari foul too is because Amari was on Twitter basically saying like, "Oh, only one game for this," and Andrew Bogut responded to him was like, "Yeah, maybe you should keep your mouth shut." <laughs> that like, I mean, <clears throat> Amari Sotomayor literally cost Andrew Bogut tens of millions of dollars. Like he he had pain shooting the basketball for two years after that injury happened. Yeah. That's one we could talk about. He literally undercut the guy on a fucking dunk. Like, I mean, there's a big difference. But look, whatever. One game is what it is. Yeah, Grace Nallen's a dirty player, but I don't know. Yes, He's a dirty player. It's a dirty foul. He deserves the game. End of story. End of story. <laughs> dun, dun. I don't know. Uh, ooh, speaking <laughs> of dun, dun, NBA court. The Los Angeles Lakers are... Playing like shit. Not very great right now. Well, their current record is... Sorry, I got, I'm on a different screen. They are currently 23 and 24. Eighth, eighth seed in the West. Uh, they've been kind of shaky. The team overall has been shaky. And a lot of people are saying that Frank Vogel is on the hot seat. Yay or nay, do we agree with the hot seat take that uh, Frank Vogel should probably get fired and we're going to need a new head coach? Or do you think... That there's something else that needs to be fixed in this team. Jay, let's hear from you. I mean, even the casual NBA fan looked at the roster that the Lakers were putting together this summer and they were like, wait, what? What are they doing? Like, why are why these guys? Like, there's so many other guys. The like the entirety of the NBA community looked at this roster building and thought to themselves, like, what? This is not gonna work. And like Frank Vogel, unfortunately, in my opinion, has been the scapegoat. Like, there were reports coming out the other night before the game where he ends up sitting Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter where they're like, uh, Frank Vogel's on the hot seat and reporters are saying that by the end of this game, if they lose, like, he's out. So it's just like, he's in a situation where he's like, he's between a rock and a hard place because if he doesn't play one of his stars in Russell Westbrook, he's the guy who's not playing the guy who's getting paid $40 million a year. But if he plays him, he knows that he's going to lose. So he will lose his job. Like the, the guy is like in the worst possible coaching situation that there is. Let me also remind you, this is very much like, this is very much a LeBron James thing to do. And he's done this throughout his career. David Fisdale is the assistant coach of this team. LeBron loves David Fisdale from his days in Miami. This is something that LeBron has done Many, many, many times 
where he brings a guy in as an assistant coach, or maybe he doesn't bring a guy in, but like I'm sure he influences assistant coach hires, and it just happens to be somebody who's tied to LeBron James, and then the head coach gets fucking ousted, and then his boy, who he wanted to be the head coach anyways, is now the head coach. Shout out Ty Lue. Ty Lue, I mean, like, it's happened, right? So, except for Spolstra, Spolstra was the only one that was able to, like, push against that, and that was because of Pat Riley. That had nothing to do with fucking Spolstra. That was all Pat Riley being like, LeBron, figure it out. Like, work with the dude, figure it out. And it ended up working out. Um, I feel terrible for Frank Vogel. Like, this... Frank Vogel is a defensive coach. They filled that roster with guys who cannot play fucking defense. And when they won the championship a couple years ago, sure, the scoring load on LeBron and AD was heavy, probably too heavy. So, like, you always want to have a secondary scorer, even just, like, a microwave scorer off the bench. But, like, they went so much in the other direction after last season. And it's just – I mean, LeBron's playing out of his mind. And this team sucks. They are so fucking terrible. I feel terrible for Frank Vogel. I also feel bad for Frank Vogel, and I'm glad you made the point <clears throat> that this is a trend uh, with LeBron. LeBron is actually the king <clears throat> outside of his time in Miami of literally destroying franchises by dictating moves that they make. Uh, the Cavaliers were terrible after he left because they literally had no cap flexibility and no draft picks. Um, and I'm talking when he left the, the second time. Um like the look at look, the Lakers have fucking nothing outside of him. They have no assets. They have no good young players. They have no good role players. It's a bad fucking team, man. It is a bad team. And I don't know any coach that could win with that. Like LeBron is sort of a cancer to your organization. He might win you a championship, but then he'll as soon as you've exhausted your usefulness for him, he's out the door. He'll leave. He'll go somewhere else. Um, he's an NBA succubus. He sort of is. He really is. He's bad for the careers of, of GMs and, and head coaches. <laughs> He's a GM succubus. There you go. Thank you uh, for the punch up. But, God, I mean, yeah. What Like, I, I, like I, at what point does LeBron look in the mirror? Like, at what point do you as an organization have to sit down and be like, yo, these are all the fucking players you wanted. We got them, and look at how fucking terrible we are. Like, this is, this is your fault. Like, Talon Horton Tucker getting a huge contract because he's fucking a rich Paul client. Like, okay. Uh, you guys, you guys could have brought Caruso was offering to take a discount. Instead. He said, nah, and gave Talon Horton Tucker, a guy who has been pretty much nothing in his career outside of like a decent season last year, a huge contract. Whereas Caruso was a, a proven value and, and proven talent. Um, you shipped all those guys off from LA Lonzo, Julius Randall, Brandon Ingram, who I don't even like, but I'm going to stick up for right now. And they're all having success elsewhere. Like Brandon Ingram has like, I mean, the Pelicans are fucking terrible, but I think that's more of an organizational failure uh, than I'm willing to blame Brandon Ingram for. Um, A lot of guys that have left these LeBron teams have gone on to have success elsewhere. And at some point it has to, some of this has to come back on LeBron and look, LeBron is a fucking generational talent. He's the second greatest NBA player of all time. That's fine. No, I nobody's going to disagree with you on that. But like, stop letting your fucking players run your franchises. I don't care how good they are. There you go. Yeah, we need more Jerry Crosses in this world. Is it on Jerry Crosses? <laughs> I mean, I, I like I look at look at you know guys like Ty Lue, who's like having success. With the, the Clippers are competitive, and by all accounts, really shouldn't be this season based on you know no Kawhi, based on a lot of the roster turnover that they've had. Uh, Paul George has been hurt at various points in this season. 
and yet they're still winning games and they're still a competitive team. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, yeah, stop bowing down to LeBron. Yeah, I understand that. Do you guys think, I mean, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but have you the rumors for John Wall for Russell Westbrook, do you really think getting rid of Russell Westbrook is the problem or do you think there's probably a little bit more to that? I so much more to it. love, I, I just, I, I hope that every year Russell Westbrook and John Wall get traded for each other. I just hope that that just happens all the time. Until their contracts are over, and then when they're and then when they're both playing on vet minimums, they get traded for each other again. They just like the front office made so many bad decisions. Like the fact that they gave Taylor Horton Tucker the same exact contract that Alex Caruso got is just like uh, unbelievably egregious. Um, And yeah, they just they went so far on the like let's just like load up with scores, and none of them are fucking scoring. Washed up scores. That too. Or like young promising scorers like Malik Monk and like Malik's done nothing on that team. Kendrick Nunn was n- not even in the rotation anymore towards the end of his time in Miami. Like I, they, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Lakers haven't had a good front office since I guess we could give Mitch Kupchak some credit for his time in the, in the early to late two thousands. Well, look, I but, but outside of that, Jer- Jerry West was, yeah, but but what is what is Rob Rob Polinka hasn't really hasn't really done anything to to this point. I'm I'm just saying their front office situation though was a mess at the end of Cupcheck's tenure. It's really since since Doctor Bus died, the Lakers have been have have had terrible management issues. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, Rob Polinka put together the roster that won a championship. That was a weird year. Like, who knows? Last year, if AD doesn't go down, they probably beat the Suns in the first round, anyways. Like. There's a lot of things that haven't gone their way. So, like, he constructed two rosters that were absolutely capable of of, of winning championships. They just went in a direction this year that was just, like, so much. Like, they chose a direction. It just was the wrong one. I don't think they win that first-round series, AD, or not, last year. I don't but know, man. That's the best. I mean, AD, you- AD destroyed them in the game that he was healthy. And then he got hurt. Like, absolutely destroyed them. Anthony Data Davis, you know? <laughs> that's a good one. New that's a good one. I like that. Well, um, yeah. Let's let's move on from uh, Lakers woes and let's talk a little bit of shooting woes. Steph Curry, yes, he did hit that game winner, but um, if I'm not mistaken, it was the only three he made that night. I think it was one for thirteen. Missed the previous twelve threes before hitting that game winner. Steph Curry. Uh, also, fun fact about him: currently shooting below. Uh, has a lower shooting percentage than uh, Russell Westbrook, the person that everybody keeps saying is the problem. Now, <laughs> Russell Westbrook has other problems. Let's not sit here and even joke around. But Steph Curry, after a fucking hot start, has been crap in the bed. What are we thinking on him? Let's talk Steph just a little bit. I think Steph got the yips when he was trying to break the record, and he hasn't gotten rid of them yet. And I think that I has- agree. And I, I actually came up with this theory today because I figured we'd talk about it today. Steph Curry got the yips trying to break the record, and now every three-pointer that he makes is breaking his own record. So every time he makes a basket, he's breaking the record. So he just has the yips in perpetuity because he's constantly thinking about how every three-pointer he takes is a record-breaking three-pointer. Um <laughs> <laughs> What that seems that now that seems back to the Ed Night Shyamalan thing. Like that seems very much like a a fucking terrible uh, 
hit Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> I thought about that today, and I, I literally gets the yips. I literally wrote it down because I was like, "Ooh, that's a good one." I don't want to forget that for the podcast. Um, but no, I just, I think he's got the yips because um, he's he's missing like wide open shots. It's not like we're talking like he's missing tough tough baskets. Um, he's having a hard time finishing at the rim. I was looking at some like advanced stats, shot chart stuff, and he he is uh, having his worst rim finishing season of his career and it really begs the question can we please get jordan Poole some help on this team you know um (laughs) but look what he's in a slump it's a weird time i'm not ready to count the guy out you know we'll see where it goes but he has fallen off drastically from uh the mvp talks that we were having about him pretty frequently on this on this podcast yeah for a minute there um he real quick for that game. Yeah, he that game winner was the one for three thirteen game. First time somebody won a game when missing twelve plus threes and making only one. <laughs> All other players are combined zero for six in such games. What a ridiculous stat! Thanks, stat muse. But yeah, he's been playing very bad. He's had a lot of career worst shooting nights. Uh, it's but I mean. I do really enjoy this theory of he's just got the forever yips. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming he's gonna fucking turn it around. And with that, the the Warriors are still second place in in the West and second place uh, overall, and then the entire NBA. So I'm sure they're gonna be fine. Um, but let's move on from there. Wait, I didn't get to say anything. Oh, you did. I'm so sorry, Jay. Go for I wanna, it. I want to go say ahead. Some Please stuff. do discuss. Um, I oh, actually so, do a. I do agree with Tad. I do think the pursuit of the record actually like kind of fucked with him this year. Um, and just like, I think it led to some bad habits. Like if you, if you watch the game against the Knicks where he actually breaks the record, uh, it was just a lot of like really uh, ill-advised shots, even for Steph Curry, like just ill-advised shots, just like really chucking. I think that had a little bit to do with it. Um, and he's still shooting like fucking 38% from three for the season. So it's like, it's, it's still like, he's still definitely above league average. It's just like way below average for him. And he's shooting 31% over the last like 10 games, which is not great. The other two things that I wanted to call out though, I think Draymond not being in the rotation is also definitely impacting his shooting. Draymond does something for that offense just from a playmaking perspective that um they lose a lot of when he's not in the in the lineup like he is integral to the flow of their offense offense and like he finds Steph in spots oftentimes and it creates like it creates opportunities for Steph to at least like get some shots up get some space and then over time like then he just kind of creates his own space the other thing that I'll say too is like I think there is something also to be said about the fact that like Clay is back and they are absolutely feeding Clay now that he's gotten back. Like they are trying to get him the ball, trying to get him, you know, his his motion back, get his rhythm back. Like they were really trying to get him up to speed. So I think there's just like there's a combination of things. There's not enough ball to go around. The the, the flow of the offense is definitely hindered with Draymond not there. And, you know, shooters, you know, they go through they go through funks. It happens. Like, um, yeah, I'm not worried about Steph Curry ultimately, but it has been it's been a down season for the kid after like a really really good start. Here's the question. Is this the year that Steph Curry finally shoots under 40% from 3 for the season? I am leaning yes. I think I, no. I do want to I agree. I I also think no, but 
Well, so. we'll see. I do want to add the caveat that uh, a couple of years ago he did shoot twenty four percent from three, but he played five games, so we don't count that. Still counts. Yeah, yeah no, it doesn't count. Uh, wow, that'd be very, yeah. I think towards the end of the season he'll probably pick it up a little bit, and then he'll get right right above forty point two. Just barely. Everybody's like, wow. 40.2. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it Nikki here first. Stradamus. Nikki Stradamus. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Um, <laughs> well, let's move on uh, from uh, shooting woes to... Uh, nah. Oh, shit. Joel Embiid's playing good. I was going to say destroying hoes, but yeah, that's Destroying uh, hoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I mean, Joel Embiid, he's he, been playing very, very well, especially as of late. And uh, <laughs> the Sixers have they've gone up. There's it's sixth place now. Uh, you know, they've gone up a little bit. They're playing a little bit better, but overall, not doing great. Uh, what, what's uh, what's going to happen over here in the Sixers land? Uh, is Joel Embiid what? This is a terrible question you just asked. What's going on here in Sixers land? Yeah, as well as he being wasted. I was I was leading into that. Is he being wasted on the Sixers at the moment? Should he seek I mean, cleaner passengers? Pass, pastures. They're not good. Um, they also just have a kind of terrible roster. But, I mean, they've won almost 30 games. They're sitting in sixth place in the East. Um, not that the East is... is particularly all that great but hey they're they're a playoff team right now um and i mean i'm just i'm, I'm looking at the roster and i'm just like e uh yikes um no, it's just joel mb yeah i mean it, it it really it really really truly is and uh you know with that guy's injury history having the t- whole team on his back is not going to be healthy for him he simply can't carry them um like that uh i think yeah, I mean, is Joel Embiid being wasted in Philly? They haven't won a title yet, so I guess do you kind of have to say yeah? Um, they got to do something about Ben Simmons, and they've clearly made it. They've made it very clear they have no plans to do anything with him until the off season. Um, I I do kind of wonder if they can find a way to make a James Harden situation happen, um, and if they do that, then I think. Like that's that's an opportunity to pair James Harden with an elite big man. Obviously, Joel Embiid is an elite big man. Um, it's a true, it's a real opportunity for for them to, uh, to to make something happen. So, yeah, I mean, is he being wasted right now? The answer is absolutely yes. Um, they're definitely not going to win a title this year. Um, you know, they'll make the playoffs. They might make some noise in the playoffs, but this is a second round exit at best team. And yeah, so f- to this point in his career, yeah, they've failed to build a extremely competitive team around him um and they've they've kind of made some some poor moves in in supporting you know a, a guy that should by all accounts be the centerpiece of your franchise uh if they can find some if they can do something with ben simmons and they can get him some help we can we will probably be having a different conversation next year um but until that happens yes joel Embiid is being wasted in in, in philly i mean this is a guy who's a perennial where would we talk about him Year in and year out as an MVP candidate, so yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I he's, couldn't he's agree in more. the running right now. I think, and again, truly, I think just like, I mean, I know Westbrook won that one year, but for just like most of the years, like and because the team success isn't there, you know, I don't think Joel Embiid's actually going to win. Well, shit. Last season, if he if he doesn't go down, he wins the MVP last year. 
Like if he doesn't yeah. go down, like and that, that's not to take away from Nikola Jokic's season, but like before before Joel Embiid went down, there was no more dominant player in the league last year, and the Sixers were the number one overall seed. Like everything was there, like everything was there for him to win the MVP, and then he got hurt. Like it it takes it takes away from the narrative. I agree with Tad. I think that like the mishandling of not even just the Ben Simmons situation, but if you look at like the, a number of situations over the last like five seasons they have made a bunch and this was pre daryl morey so like it is what it is like they have made a bunch of boneheaded decisions let's start with tobias harris over jimmy butler huge mistake huge mistake everybody knew what what tobias harris was he was a known commodity and like once you actually put the spotlight on him he kind of he crumbles jimmy butler was the second best player on that team when they lost to the raptors like why you don't bring that guy back and fucking double down on it like huge mistake that's most triple doubles in miami heat history jimmy butler for you thank you um the ben simmons thing the way that this has been handled mismanaged unbelievably so and to tad's point like i i hope it never happens but like the start of joel Embiid's career leads you to believe that like the window for a guy that's this big who started his career with some massive, massive injury problems. The fact that he hasn't been like crazy injured up to this point is like fantastic. And it's, it's great for us as basketball fans, but like you got the history there, man. Like that window is closing every single day. It is closing. They have, they have wasted this dude's potential. He has, he is like this like combination of like Shaq and Hakeem Olajuwon with like a little bit of Dirk in him. And it's just like, I cannot believe that you wasted this guy's talent. Like complete, he is quite possibly the most dominant center in the league. Like Nikola Jokic is definitely the most talented center in the league, but there is no more dominant player physically in this league than Joel Embiid. Like he is unstoppable, and you have wasted him completely. Wasted him. He has scored like thirty-eight points per game over the last seven games. Do you know what the fucking Sixers' record is over that period? It's three and four. They have a losing record during that period. It's absurd. Wait, real quick. I got to say this absurd Joel Embiid fact. Again, thanks to Stab Muse. These are the last four games for him. In 31 minutes, he scored 38 points. In 37 minutes, he scored 40 points. In 27 minutes, he scored 50 points. And in 29 minutes, he scored 32 points. Also, I was wrong. They've lost three. They've won four. So they're four and three in the last seven. Either way, points. The point still remains. Like, it's crazy. Nothing enough. It's crazy. It's a it's a it's a real shame because like playing his ass off. We're we're losing one of the great players in NBA history. Is like, did he make the NBA seventy five? He didn't, did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. I believe so. I hope so. I don't know if he did. I don't know. Yeah, he made it. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Cool. That's good. Because I was like, I'm pretty sure he did, but I don't remember. That's good. That makes me feel better. Yeah, it's a shame, man. It really is. They they have squandered his career. No, and he like did not. City, he did they, not make it. Okay, I he was didn't? gonna say I didn't think he did. Sorry, I clicked into an article that like had the list of them, and I thought because I searched for Joel Embiid that it, he would be on there, but no, he did not make it. They were talking about how he was left off. You're gonna put Anthony Davis on that fucking list. And you're not gonna put Joel Embiid. I feel like for like the next for the next 25 years until until they hit uh, NBA 100, everybody's gonna be like talking about how how anthony davis in like legitimately in like 15 20 years some guy that we haven't even heard of yet is gonna be on there like that guy's not even on the list yet and anthony davis is on the fucking nba 75 
Dude, in like, 25 years, we'll be discussing this. You and I will be in our mid-50s. Jay will be in his early 70s, and we'll just be having a good old-fashioned conversation <laughs> about the NBA still, Top 100. Still sexy. It's still sexy. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do want to make special mention of, of somebody uh, real quick, um, and that is, Jay, you brought up Jokic. Uh, Nikolai Jokic right now is on pace to have the best. He currently has. If the season ended today, he would have the best player efficiency rating in NBA history at a whopping 31, 33.12, uh, which is just fucking absurd. Um, he also has the 11th best efficiency rating uh, in NBA history from when he won the MVP last year. Um, as a comparison, Joel Embiid uh, has the 28th best from last season. So uh, debatable on whether or not he would have won the MVP, like he would have beat Jokic for the MVP last year, but I mean, it's still a, a, an excellent point. Interesting. That's very good. I mean, how many years do you think, like, prime years do you think Embiid's got? Three. I was three? also going to say three. I think he's got he's twenty. He's twenty-seven. He's twenty-seven. Damn. So in three years he'll be thirty. I don't. Historically, big men break down around age thirty. Exactly. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I'll accept that. Which is why All I right. keep going. Like that's why I keep saying like it's 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 really it's disappointing. It really just it's just it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. No, I get it because he is like a blast to watch, and it is not fun. To see him not, I would love to see a championship run for him. Whatever team, do you think he ends up going somewhere else or no? It's Eventually, a, it's, uh, at the end of his career, there's, there's the the seventy sixers won't get rid of him until. No, he, I mean he's integral to the you know to the process. So like they're like he is he is Philly. Like that's they can't let him go until like he's gonna be like Hakeem, where like it's gonna be like some random season. And he's just gonna go. Hey, I'm gonna play in New Orleans this year. <laughs> like, it's just gonna be some random city. You're like, oh, I don't like that jersey on him. It's weird. <laughs> he's got knee pads on. Sam Hinkie died for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and with that, I think we're we might be at the end there, right? <laughs> yeah, no more topics. Let's do some plugs. That is the end. A, of, that is the end of the really rundown. Good. We do not have anything left on the rundown. I, no, I'm just saying that was a good send off, Ted. Sammy, he died for this. I like that. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at tad.hall. That's t a d dot h a l l. I did re-download Twitter over the weekend and then promptly deleted it this morning. So, <laughs> I was gonna say uh, I did. I did have. I did have an excellent tweet. Uh, I tweeted uh my buddy was tweeting we were we were out drinking for the Bengals game uh we were at uh a Bengals and Iowa bar because Iowa basketball was playing at the same time as the Bengals so we decided to kill two birds with one stone and my buddy was tweeting during the game and I was like I kind of want to get back on Twitter so I did for a little bit and I tweeted uh me re-downloading Twinder or Twinder (laughs) Twitter 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 uh with a gif of Cam Newton yelling I'm back uh, and much like Cam Newton's early success this season in Carolina, it was short lived, and I d- d- deleted the app on Monday. So <laughs> nice, love it. love it. And you can follow me at j underscore keatless on Instagram and Twitter. Although, let's just be honest, it's just it's just Instagram. <laughs> and you can follow me at Nikki Palooza, and you can follow the podcast at NBA Pod. Uh, and if you're on TikTok, you can follow at Valley Ghostbusters. All right. Well, this has been 
NBA. It's been a wonderful time here. Thank you so much. Fun fact, the Bulls uh, might be blowing that lead that they had right now. I believe they're up 105 to 97 on the... Uh, 105 to 99, I'm sorry. To oh the uh, Thunder. Thunder on an 11-0 run. Oh they might they might blow this one, so that might add to what we were talking or, about earlier. Or or a third DeMar DeRozan game winner. Let's go. DeMar's DeMar DeRozan is not playing tonight, so he's he's uh, taking the night off. Rest. He scored forty one points last night. Yeah. In I a know. loss. In an ass whooping effort. The hey, man deserves a break. I just Googled the Bulls just to see the score of the game and uh fun fact The Chicago Bulls were founded. 35 years to the day before I was born. Yeah, very cool. Wow. So, makes you think. I was actually born uh, the day that the Bulls became a team. So, uh, fun fact. Day after, I should say. 35 years? Just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like so confused. Ah, uh, he's wait. Damn it. Ah, uh, you son of a bitch. Damn it. Anyways, sorry for ruining that one. For Jay, for Tad, I've been Nikki. This has been NBA. Enjoy your day. See ya. It's because I'm old. Uh-